All right, what's up, y'all? Y'all already know what it is. Another episode of the Jess Ivan Jr. podcast. We're on episode 30, and it's actually pretty dope. I never thought I would be at an episode 30, so uh, I think that's pretty dope. So, uh, shout out, um, you know, shout out God for that, and just continue to um, to use me and to just keep planting ideas in my head for topics and conversations for us to talk about things of that nature. So if this is your first time um, viewing, I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your day real quick just to, you know, just to listen. And if you're a usual listener, whether you listen on the video or whether you listen to the actual like uh, audio from um, either Apple Music or Spotify, all that other different stuff. I just want to say thank you for continuing to rock with your boy. But I mean, without further ado, shoot, let's get started. So I kind of want to talk about this because I think this is an important topic, too. Especially if you are a believer, right? And you're in church and things of that nature. And I kind of want to talk about, is reading the Bible necessary? Is reading the Bible necessary? Because I know we, like, there's, you might be, you might be in church. You might actually, like, going on Sundays and even, um, uh, volunteering, you like hearing the worship and the message and things of that nature. You like to volunteer, might even join a group and things of that nature. But when it comes to reading the Bible, it's kind of like, you know what? I'll just listen to the pastor, whoever they'll preach and talk from the Bible. And then the rest of the week, I won't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't feel like doing it. And we all got our excuses, whether we like, oh, the Bible's too boring or it's too old or I can't relate to it or it's too difficult to learn how to read and things of that nature and you know we all been there i remember me being there and me being younger and i'm thinking like bro like how the heck am i supposed to read this big book with all these words and all these different names and different places and locations and 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 some of the locations that has changed over the years and like how how am i able to read this thing like what what am i going to do to read this thing right and um it can be very intimidating when you first look at it and I feel like a lot of the time churches don't do enough to explain to people how to actually read the word. Like we'd be like, yeah, make sure you read your Bible or make sure you, you're reading the word or make sure you read the Bible or follow notes and stuff like that. But we need to emphasize more on how to actually read the word or like why it's important to read the word or what's the benefit of reading the word or like, you know, how to read it because – People don't know how to read it. Like, they don't. They don't be taught. they just like, all right, just start in Matthew or start here, start there. You know what I mean? Just start reading on your own, which is good to read on your own. But a lot of us be confused about how to read the word. And, uh, like, what's the first step? How you go about it and things of that nature. So I kind of wanted to talk about that just to, like, a real brief, like, basic things to uh, help you be more encouraged to read the word. Because it's actually very important for your growth because a lot of us, you might be in a situation where you've been to church all your life, right? But yet you feel like, yeah, I know who God is or I know who Christ is, but, you know, I still don't feel as close to him. Or you feel like your relationship with God has been rocky lately. Or, um, I mean, we might even feel like a lot of the time God's not there in our life. Like we might be going through a situation right now and, we just feel like God is super, super distant, right, and things of that nature. So if you're in any of those categories, you know, the first thing I have to think about is, you know, and granted, you know, we pray 
and we go to somebody, we talk to somebody, but how often do you actually like read, like read your word or read your Bible? Like when the last time you actually did it, right? And the thing we always kind of like talk about is like, how do you hear God speak? How do you hear God talk to you? I want to hear God talk to me. And granted, you know, we're not going to hear it like verbally, like how I'm talking to you now or how you talk to somebody that you're cool with and things of that nature, right? So how does God speak to us? How does he speak to us? Is it like, okay, so the Holy Spirit and God just randomly tells me things in my mind or is it through TV or is it because I just get this feeling in my heart and this emotion wound up and I feel like I should do X, Y, and Z and this is how God's telling me to move and stuff like that. Is that how God speaks to me? To me? And to be and to be honest, the actual way God speaks, and, and before we get to that point, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go down the line of saying that you can't feel, God can't reveal himself in different ways. Obviously, he can't. He can feel, reveal himself in different ways, right? Especially if he wants you to, to say a message to a specific group of people, like, in, in, their, in their culture and context to help them. I'm not talking about anything future tense. Nah, nah, none of that. But God speaks to us through the Bible, through his word. And sometimes we feel like we don't hear from God or we're distant from God because, and we don't even read his word. We don't pick up his word, right? The word is actually how God speaks to us. That's how we know where God is coming from. This is where God teaches us. This is where we learn certain things. This is how we get closer to him. This is where we learn what we should and shouldn't do or how we should be obedient or how we should handle life situations or how we should talk to this person, or how we should conduct these things, right? This is how God actually speaks to us through his word, through the people he used to actually write the Bible for us. That's how God actually speaks to us is reading his word. And we can feel very distant from God when we don't read his word, when we don't dig in, when we don't study. And they're not even talking about just study just so you can remember it and, and use it, but study it to actually build a relationship for him. That's how God, you know, actually speaks to us. And then we're going to actually, you know, talk about that. You know, so let's talk about why it's important to read the word. Why is it actually important to read the word? First and foremost, it helps you build your relationship with Jesus. It helps you build your relationship with Christ. Simple as that. Because that's the point I just stated. The word is how God speaks to us. It's through the scriptures, through his word. And if you look at Romans uh, 15, 4, I'm going to pull it up on the share screen real quick. Oh, crap. How do I do this? Okay. All right. All right. Hold up. Can you do my windows? Right. Okay. All right. My bad. I'm still a little new at this, y'all. Hey, whip your boy. All right, cause Romans 15 and 4. All right. So now, hold out. And Paul says, let me just pull up the whole chapter. Pull up the whole chapter. Okay. All right. So, in Romans 15, 4, Paul says, for whatever, for whatever is written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we so that we may have hope through endurance, through the encouragement of, I mean, from encouragement from the scriptures. Okay. So Paul is reminding the Roman Christians, Christians that all at this point. All the scriptures they had at this point was the Old Testament. The New Testament was currently, you know, being written by Paul and a few other different people. So they didn't have the New Testament. The New Testament was being written at this point. So what they had 
were the Old Testament scriptures. But they were telling them, well, Paul was telling them, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instructions, so that we, we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. Okay? So, right then and there, you're seeing Paul remind the Roman Christians that remember... The scriptures from the past. Remember the Old Testament scriptures. Remember the word. Remember the word, because that's what gives us hope. That is what gives us endurance to get through wherever we're getting through in our life. That's what's giving us the strength. We're here. We're going to hear and read the words of God, and it can actually help us in our life and the situations and the things that we're going through. And a lot of the time, we don't have confidence in the things that we are going through, or we feel like we are distant from God or alone from God because we don't read the word and read the words that he says to us. We don't read the words that is, is being said to, to, to the people because now I know the Bible wasn't di written directly to us because there's certain groups of people that the Bible was written to. We're going to get into that in a little bit later, but the Bible is not written directly to us, but it's still written for us. So we have to remember the scriptures that we're using is how we do get our encouragement. Is how we are get our hope. That's how we are using it for our correction and our direction, things like that. Is the Bible, is the scriptures that God used the people to write so that way we can hear and understand what God wants from us and it can encourage us and it can uh keep us on a you know a path that's straight, that's being on, you know, going towards God. So in order to have that relationship with Christ. Right. And with God is we have to read the Bible. We have to read the scriptures because you can't get closer to God, you know, from a closed Bible. It takes more than just prayer, you know, and prayer is important, obviously, that because you're that's a communication that you're talking to God. Right. And, and going to church and being around community and things of that nature, you know, that helps also with building your faith and things of that nature. But going home and reading the Bible every day is how you personally are getting closer and building a relationship with him because it's on us. Really, it's on us. It's every day. It's making a priority. Just like any relationship that you have with somebody in your life, right? You made it a priority. You made it, you had to spend time with that person, your best friend or your spouse or whoever, you know, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever the case may be, your best friend, whoever. You are close with that person because you spent time with them. You make it a, you made it a priority, right? And you built that relationship and bond. And the same thing we have to do with God. We have to make it a priority to read his word and to spend time with him. Because the more you make it a priority, the closer you get to him, the closer he gets to you. You know, the Bible says that as well. So one reason why it's important to read the word, because that's how you actually build your relationship with Christ. That's how you make it grow and be stronger. Um, and also, I talked about this as well. Another point is why the Bible was important is because that. This is how God speaks to us. This is how God talks to us, right? And when we look at um, Psalms 119.11, and I want to share my screen real quick, and I'm going to pull that up really, really quick. Oh, crap, hold on. I'm going to pull that really, really quick. Uh, I'll get this. I'll, I'll, be, I'll get faster at this one day. Don't judge me, y'all. I'm trying to act like I'm tech savvy, but <laughs> I ain't going to cap. I'm tech savvy, but I'm not tech tech savvy, if that makes sense. Okay, maybe not. I'm tech savvy enough to get the job done. All right, that works. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, but Psalms 119. 11. All right. Let me pull this up. 
All right, now Psalms one nineteen eleven, and Beth is actually the one who wrote this psalm. And Beth said, "I have treasured your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you." Okay, so Psalms nineteen is pretty much a poetic scripture with various different people that wrote different sections of it, and it's pretty much, um. Them saying how much joy the law was, like how much joy there was to have the law, right? And sometimes we always think of the Old Testament as like, oh my God, those are old laws, and oh my God, they were so horrible and things of that nature. But before, you know, the the Pharisees and all these other people added on to the laws and made it super ridiculous and things of that nature, like the law was a joyous thing. You know, they actually enjoyed to follow the law, and honestly, Jesus came to fulfill the law, right? He came to fulfill it. That's, you know, through him. Jesus didn't come to abolish it. He said he came to fulfill the law. That's through him, right? So the law is not necessarily a bad thing. But anyway, going to um, verse 11, Beth says, I have treasured your word in my heart, so I don't know what's against you. So this is all about memorizing the word, memorizing the word, memorizing scripture. Like, it's not a bad thing to memorize scripture, right? Because if you actually memorize certain scriptures, certain verses, like, for instance, one of my um, uh, favorite verses when I'm really, like, discouraged and really questioning, like, my calling, things in life, is Psalms 3. Psalms 3. Um, why? Oh, I'm tripping. Why I say, why I say Psalms 3? I meant um, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, uh, 5, and, 5 and 6, which is, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So when I'm feeling discouraged or I'm feeling like I'm being too control heavy or, you know, I, I, I'm really feeling low about how life is going and, and question myself. I just remember this verse. I remember what, you know, Solomon says. And he says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, don't lean on your own understanding. Meaning I don't know everything. And then acknowledge him all your ways and he will make your path straight. Meaning if I keep acknowledging him in everything that I do, even when I'm discouraged, even when I'm happy, even when I'm sad, joyful, every business decision, every loan, every school opportunity, every little decision, if I'm acknowledging him, for, him first, he will make my path straight. Meaning our paths don't always mean it looks like how we want it to look like or mean it, or it doesn't even always mean that it, it, it's the way we want it. Because God's will and way for our life is way more important than our will and way for his life. And really, his way is better than our way. So I have to accept, like, okay, maybe the path might look rocky or it might look like, ugh, I don't want to go through this. But he will make our path straight and get through it by just trusting in him and leaning on his understanding. So when I'm feeling discouraged, I say this verse to myself to remember what God is actually saying in the situation and what God's saying to me. It actually helps me actually feel better in the midst of it. And we need to actually practice more of, you know, memorizing scripture and using it to, to help us through any life situation. And then in this verse, you know, it's saying that, you know, you treasure the word in the heart so that he might not sin against you because anything you indulge in, right? So for instance, right? So say if you listen to like gangster rap music every day, 24, seven, all day, every day, right? What is your main thought always going to be? It's always going to be gangster stuff. It's always going to be stuff in the streets and things of that nature. That's what's always going to be in your mind. Because whatever you dodge in the most, that's what's always going to be on your mind and in your heart and your will, everything. 
is what you're indulging in, what you're listening to, what you're always watching to, to watching 24-7. So, you know, th- this could be anything. This could be anything, not just, you know, gangster music, but anything that might not be bad for you, right? Or even some things that are, are goofy but are taken away from your time with God. So, for instance, say if you spent 80% of the time of your week dedicating that to God, whether it's reading the word, whether it's listening to certain worship songs, whether it's uh, praying, all these other different things. When you spend most of your time with God, then naturally you're only going to you're going to be focused on him. And so that way, when you're focused on him, you're not going to be worried about even sinning against him. Now, granted, yes, you're still going to sin no matter how much time you spend with God, because we all are flawed and we all have sin nature and all that other stuff. Right. But. The more you focus on him, the more you're not going to be worried about doing the sinful things or or like even worried about not even sinning and displeasing God. You're just going to be worried about building a relationship with him and being obedient to him. So it's really important for us that we have to remember that the Bible is how God talks to us. So when we're reading Bible verses, certain scripture, and how he wants us to apply ourselves and when we're spending time with him and learning how much he loves us and how he wants us to hold us accountable and all this other different stuff, right? This is him speaking to us when we're listening to what he's saying and treasuring that word in our heart and memorizing this thing. It will actually help us deal with certain sins in our life. It will actually help us deal with making the right decision and having more wisdom and things of that nature. It will actually help us in our everyday life when we're focusing more on God throughout the week than everything else. And it's not to say that you have to spend, you know, all day, every day, you know, focus on God 24-7, 365, but it's about making God the number one priority in your life. That's the thing. He wants to be first. That's all. He's not saying you, he's not saying that you can't do other stuff to entertain you and to help you out when you're stressed and stuff like that. But God wants to be the number one priority in your life. He wants to be the one you go to first with everything because ultimately he wants that relationship with you. And then secondly, he knows what's best for you more than you even know yourself or anybody else. So we have to remember that the Bible and scripture is how God even talks to us. And then lastly, why it's important. Let me stop sharing. And lastly, why it's important to uh read the bible is how we actually defend ourselves right and i'm gonna talk about what i mean by defending yourself because ultimately at the end of the day there's going to be people that whether it's intentionally or unintentionally there's going to be people that are preaching the word wrong it's going to be people that are using certain bible verses out of context to disrupt you to tell you x y and z and it could be a number of reasons why right some people like because some people grew up in certain situations where they don't teach the Bible properly or anything like that. So you only learned one way. That's all you know. So they go out and do it to everybody else. And, and it can be very hurtful and harmful to other people. Right. And not to mention, and not to mention, you shouldn't just be, like I said, you shouldn't just listen to one pastor and that's how you read the Bible. And that's it. Because they literally could be up there saying anything to you, anything crazy, anything reckless to you. Right. And uh, and I'm gonna read one verse, and it's in uh Second Timothy, uh Second Timothy two fifteen real quickly. Uh, Second Timothy two fifteen, and I'm actually gonna share my screen one last time. Well, I might got one more after this. I ain't gonna lie to you, but. You know, I just like showing these so that way y'all can read it through with me. And this is also practicing so you can read stuff on your own. 
All right, so Paul talking to Timothy. Let me actually pull the whole chapter up. Right. Um, approved worker. All right. So in verse 15. All right. So verse 15. Uh, Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy's his protege. His someone he's discipling. You know, because he's called. And Paul says, "Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved." Um. One approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of God and truth. Now, actually, hold on real quick. I actually want to put this up in the ESV because it's actually something I want to. What the heck? Come on. Where is it at? Okay, bet. All right. So let me go back to this again. All right, look. All right, real quick. All right. So Paul says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, right? So do your best in Greek is spodazo. That's how you pronounce it, I think. Spodazo. Spodazo. S-P-O-U-D-A-Z-O. Pretty much, it means to be zealous. So, Paul's telling Pete, uh, telling Timothy, I'm sorry, to be zealous when you present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be shamed or rightly handling the word, right? Because really, the theme of this, the, the theme of this, is about dealing with false teachers. So, Paul is equipping Peter. I mean, why do I keep saying Peter? Paul is equipping Timothy. To deal with false teachers, because false teachers is a thing that's very prevalent. There's been false teachers since in the Old Testament. There's been false teachers even since then, till now. So false teachers are people who teach it wrong, whether it's you know they learn the wrong way or they got their on their own insidious agenda. False preaching is something that's always going to be around. So Paul is telling Timothy to be prepared. Show yourself approved. Be zealous. Make sure you're you're rightly handling the word of God, right? Don't be ashamed. So we have to be zealous as well when we're thinking about handling scripture, making sure we are learning the right thing, being zealous, being active in it, reading the word, right? And the reason why I'm saying protect yourselves is because, like I said a little bit earlier, we can't let one person be our Bible reader for us. We have to go home and read this stuff ourselves. We got to read this stuff ourselves. We have to read the stuff yourselves. Don't just because you have a favorite pastor online, whoever the case, whoever it is, I can be name dropping, you know, people, stuff like that, or someone that's local, you know, and there's tons of good pastors and preachers and stuff like that. But we can't allow, like, we can't, you can't get, you can't just let, like, and I'm not saying they're letting you because I'm not saying, like, they're literally letting you, but we can't just sit there and be like, okay, I'll listen to this person. This is why I read my Bible for the week. No, because they could be up there just saying anything to you. They could be twisting scripture verses and making it meaning what they want it to mean, anything like that. It's very, very easy, and it's very, very dangerous, right? So you got to go back and read it for yourself because a lot of what they're preaching can be kept and can be hurting. Right. 
which either could cause you to go way further away from God and have a misinterpretation of what God is actually saying, which you can actually hurt other people, or you can hurt yourself by leaving the faith altogether because somebody mishandled the word. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, it's our it's our responsibility. We got to be good students of the word and read it ourselves. And I even like and whoever I'm teaching or even my youth kids or every Wednesday and, and Sunday when I'm teaching them, I always tell them, yo, read, read the verses and things I'm putting up on there for yourselves. Read it for yourselves. Don't just listen to me. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen to me. Read the word for yourself. Understand the word for yourself because I could be up there just saying anything. I could be saying anything whatsoever, right? Because a lot of people mishandle the scripture a lot, whether it's unintentional or whether it's very, you know, it's on purpose. You got to be, you got to read it for yourself and defend it yourself. And not to mention, you're going to have people that's going to come up to you and be like, oh, well, you ain't supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? That's the Bible says, blah, 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 this and that. And you can defend yourself and say, well, actually, actually, this is what that verse actually means. Actually, this is what the Bible actually means. Actually, this is what the context of what you mean, right? You got to defend yourself. Or not even just people in the faith, people not in the faith. People that are unbelievers and things of that nature, they're going to try to, you know, talk about certain verses and try to correct you and you could defend yourself and correct them. You know, that's very, very important. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when you look at Jesus, when he was tempted by Satan, right? When he was tempted by Satan, how did he, you know, defend himself? I mean, he could defend himself in many different ways, but what way did he choose to defend himself? He used scripture. He used scripture, right? And I think. You know, I think that, you know he did that for a reason. They wrote that in the in the in the gospels for a reason, to show us the one way we defeat it, defeat whatever the enemy throws at us is scriptures through the word. So it's really important for us to make sure that we're using the Bible as well. It helps us defend ourselves, whether it's for learning false teaching, whether it's for somebody trying to get up on you and for someone trying to tell you what you're doing wrong or even X, Y, and Z. Like, it's important to make sure you know the Bible so you can defend yourself. You got to defend yourself, right? And another way to defend yourself is the last thing we're going to talk about is how you actually read it. How do you actually read the Bible? How do you understand what the Bible is saying, right? And this is really basic, like, basic tips, I think, that can be very, very helpful. And, um, Understand how to read the Bible. I mean, because like I said, if you have no understanding of Jewish culture, if you have no understanding of culture in the ancient Near East, the Bible is going to seem like, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to also understand we're reading everything from a Western culture, like in America, right? So everything we're going to read in the Bible, we're going to compare it to America and the West, right? But you can't do that because the Bible wasn't written. To people in America, America wasn't America didn't exist. America wasn't a thought or anything. America, there was no thought. In the, there, there was no America at all. There's no thought of America, nothing. Okay, so we can't read it in American culture. We have to read it from their culture and their understanding, right? So first thing to do is when you read the Bible, first thing you do is pray. Right, you pray and you ask uh, for God's spirit to move in you, so that way you can He can help you fully understand the Bible. Holy Spirit can work through you, right, as you're reading the Word. So you always gotta pray. Make sure you want to pray first. Secondly, and honestly, when you're reading the Bible, I like the Bible app. Don't get me wrong; it's cool for devotions and stuff like that. But if you're actually trying to read and study the Word, get a Bible, get an actual 
Bible. Get one of these. I know we don't, because I know the Bible app's cool, but get one of these, okay? This is a study Bible, all right? A study Bible. And what a study Bible is, I'm going to tell you to go get one. A study Bible. Hold on, I'm going to show you an example. And a study Bible, a good study Bible, what it does is, is it breaks down everything. It breaks down each book of the Bible. It breaks down who wrote each book of the Bible. Who was he writing it to? So I'm going to show you an example from my actual uh, study Bible that I use, right? So hold on one second. So if you look here, it says Introduction to Genesis. And it says the author, title, and date. Genesis comes from the Greek Pentateuch origin, right? It gives all this information. So pretty much why I'm showing you this is because we need to understand each book of the Bible, okay? Well, when you get to that point, right? But whatever whatever book you decide to read first, it's important to understand who wrote the book. So who wrote, who wrote Genesis? Moses did, right? So also, after you realize who wrote the book of Moses, okay, it's important to learn the dates, right? Know the date. What, what date was this written? Was it BC? Was it AD? Make sure you understand where it's at, right? So, and also in the study Bibles, it's also going to give you a main point of why the book was written. So make sure you read all of this, right? Read all of it. And then it'll also tell you the theme of the book before you read it. What's the key themes, things of that nature? Because what it does is it gives you a, 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 think about it. Think of it like, think of it like you're reading like a cliff notes. Before you read the actual book of the Bible, or think about you you're looking at a movie trailer. So the trailer pretty much is is a is a little short preview of what the actual movie is going to be about. That's what the introduction in the study Bible is for. So it's going to give you an introduction of what the book is about, who wrote it, what was the purpose of them writing it, what's the theme, the location, all this other different stuff, right? So now, right, once you do that, then when you start in the first chapter, so for instance, right. So, for instance, I'm just going to randomly pick pick somewhere in, in the Bible. All right. So, for instance, right? So, for instance, say you're reading John, and this is the New Testament. It's the last gospel. The gospel is the first four books of the Bible, right? I mean, I'm sorry. It's the first four books of the New Testament, okay? And the gospels are the eyewitness accounts of Jesus. So, say, for instance, you want to read John chapter 4, right? So, you go to John chapter 4, okay? Here, I'll give you an example of what it looks like. So, if you look up here, John chapter 4. And on the top, it's going to say, Jesus and the woman of Samaria. So, right there, it's already giving you a clue of who, what's what's going on. So, this is, so John, the beginning of John chapter 4 is going to be about Jesus and the woman of Samaria. Okay? So, as you're reading the chapter... First thing you should be asking yourself is who's speaking? Who is speaking in the text? Okay. So for this, John is the one who's writing. So John is speaking in the moment. But you have to make sure when you're reading, look for the character who's using. Because usually in most Bibles, Jesus, wherever Jesus is talking, his, you know, his words are written in red. So you, you see that Jesus is talking. So make sure when you're reading, you know that okay, the writer of the book is reading. But then if he's writing a story. It's going to say, okay, well, Jesus said, or the woman of Samaria said, or Peter said, right? So make sure you know who is speaking, okay? Then after that, also ask yourself, 
who is he or she speaking to? What groups of people are they speaking to? Because this is why it's important. Because especially in Old Testament, right? In Old Testament, most of the Old Testament scriptures are descriptive, meaning, right? It's describing what's going on, meaning it's not literally telling you this is going to happen to you, or this is written directly to you. This is describing what was going on at that time, okay? So, for instance, if God is giving a promise to the Israelites, the, you know, the, the God's chosen people, those specific promises, not every promise in the Bible is directly to us, okay? Not every promise is directly to us. In the Old Testament, God has given certain promises and covenants to the Israelites, to the Israelite people. So, if God is using a prophet, to 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 talk to the Israelites, you gotta say, okay, so God's talking to Ezekiel, and who's Ezekiel talking to? He's talking to the prophets, right? Then you gotta ask, where's the location? What location are they in? What's going on in the text? Is the text about unity in the church? Is the text about sinning? Is the text about? I mean, is the is the text about? You know, you gotta make sure you ask all that. And then the last thing you gotta ask is, what is the culture and context, right? If he's talking to the Israelites, then we're talking about Jewish culture. We're talking about Jewish law. So you have to keep in mind Jewish culture and Jewish law. So and you can also look that up, Jewish culture and Jewish law, right? Or Judaism or anything like that to help you understand like what's going on, the Jewish culture and context. So it can help you understand the Bible more, right? Understand the context of what's going on. If you if you're reading in the New Testament, right, and you're reading about Rome and stuff like that, look up Roman Greco-Roman culture so that way you can understand the culture and context of what's you know going on in scripture and the reason why in scripture where you don't see people uh using uh hermeneutics like this like different like exegesis which exegesis is describing what's going on in the text then you have eisegesis where people is putting themselves in the text which you don't want to Stay far away from that. You want to do eisegesis. Eisegesis is you're describing what's going on in the text, right? You're actually pulling out what's in the text and what the text is actually saying, okay? So we have to remember that they didn't use exegesis back then because they didn't have to use exegesis because the people, whoever they was writing to, can understand. They were writing directly to it because it was in that culture and that context. So we have to use exegesis because we're in a different culture and context. And certain things have different meanings in here. So there's different meanings back then in American culture is totally, totally different. Like there's some cultures where um, giving someone direct eye contact means you want to fight them, which here in America, it means like you're giving them respect. You're looking them in the eye, cool like that. But in other cultures, if you look somebody in the eye like that and give them a handshake, it could be disrespectful. Or I think in some African cultures, if you feel if you're filling a cup of like water or tea or something like that, and you don't fill it all the way up to the top of the thing, then that's disrespectful. But here in America, it's really not that, you know, that huge of a deal. So it's really important to learn, you know, culture, context, who who's being written to, things of that nature. And once you actually understand that, then it will actually, reading the Bible is actually would be pretty simple, easy, and actually pretty exciting to, you know, to actually start reading. And then not to mention, it will help you actually understand culture and context of how you read the word, right? And it will help us get away from twisting scriptures or assuming certain things in scripture and things like that, right? Because a lot of us and some people in the past, you know, we all been guilty of it, 
where we'll use a Bible verse out of context on accident. So, for instance, and I hate to say this kind, I hate to say this, but Jeremiah 29 11, the most like one of the most popular scripture verses, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans you know, to prosper you and 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 give you a future and a hope and all this other different stuff, right? Which in which there are other verses that describes this for us, but this particular verse was not for it's not it is a descriptive verse, like describing what's going on, okay? Because this is Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is a prophet that God used because at this time the Israelites were in exile in Babylon. They were in exile at this time, right? Because they were being disobedient to God. So God allowed them to be exiled in Babylon. And they was in there for years. I'm talking about decades, right? So God's like, look, make yourselves comfortable because you're going to be there for a while. So build your houses and things like that. When you read Jeremiah 29, because they were all exiled. So so God's telling them, look, get get comfortable. I'm not leaving you guys. I'm still going to be with you the whole time you're in Babylon, but get comfortable. So you guys won't be disobedient. Really, I should leave y'all here, but I'm still going to help you out. But you're going to be in exile for a while. And then in 2911, this is where God is God is using Jeremiah. He's saying, like, look, for I have, for I know I have the plans for you, right? That you will have a future. You will have a hope even, you know, you guys won't be in exile for a long time, right? So that's not a verse that you will use to be like, okay, this is like my life verse. And this is what God said to me. That, that you I have plans for you and things of that nature, but it, it was it's not it wasn't to you, right? It was to the Israelites for a specific time and for something that was going on in their life because they was in exile in Babylon, and they were going to be in Babylon for a long time. But God still says, "I have a plan for you." Even even y'all disobey me and being disobedient, things of that nature. I still gonna have a plans for you to give you a future, give you a hope, all this other different stuff, right? So God is telling them, look, you're going to be in exile for a while, but, but and then I'm going to give you a future and a hope. You know what I'm saying? That's not a verse that we could take like, okay, for God says, I know the, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying God, you know, God is omnipotent and all, and there's other verses that we can use for God. And, and you know, but this one in particular, we, we can't use that because it's not directly to us, it's to the, to, you know, to the Israelites, right? And then another context thing you have to remember too is like when we talk about the whole issue of slavery and the Bible supporting slavery and all that, all the Bible supports slavery and things of that nature. And then we have, you know, the whole translated slave trade thing and how the 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 Jewish, I mean, how uh, the Europeans use the Bible to to like uh, end their slavery tactics and things of that nature, right? But if you actually look at the culture and context of slavery. In the ancient Near East, and our translation is slavery, but in that in the translation of ancient Near East, especially in the Jewish culture, the Israelite culture, back then it was servitude. People willingly went into slavery and servitude for financial reasons, for financial gains, to help get themselves back on their feet. And they had rules for it. They had rules that you have supposed to be there. For only seven years, you're supposed to be freed. And if you were mishandling the slave, then you would get punished. And they voluntarily went into slavery. Voluntarily. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, in our culture and context, because the transatlantic slave trade and, all, and how horrible it was, when we hear the word slavery, we automatically think about our culture and context. And that's not how you're supposed to read it. Because remember, this was written before America was even existed. This was the, around even before America was existed, right? And the transatlantic slave trade was the worst 
type of slavery ever, like that we have ever heard of, right? But that's not what the Bible is actually talking about, right? So culture and context is actually very, very important when you read the Bible. So once you understand it, once you understand who wrote the bot, what book, who is he writing to, who is he speaking to, what's going on, where's the setting in it, then it will actually help us understand the word, you know, very, very well. Wow, I don't even know I've been talking for 40 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> well, I just want to wrap up with this. I know this has been pretty long. I, you know, I've talked a while. I, I was hoping it's going to be 20 minutes, but, you know, I wanted to show a few verses. But I just want to say this, you know, just um, so, yes, reading the Bible is necessary because that's how you communicate with God. That's how you build your relationship. That's how you defend yourself from, you know, false prophecy or for people trying to get you. And, you know. If you make an effort and make it a number one priority to read your word, you know, start with baby steps, whether you're reading a chapter a day or certain verses a day, you know what I mean? Just challenge yourself, get a study Bible, right? A good study Bible and challenge yourself each and every day. You will grow in your relationship with, Christ, with God, guaranteed, if you actually read your Bible and make him a, a number one priority. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to make him his number one priority. He wants to be the judge or ruler over our lives because he knows what's best for us. You know, the Bible is not no big, huge rule book. And, you know, growing up, you might grew up in certain churches. You might thought like the Bible is just like this big anti-fun police type of rule book, which it's not. And also, if God tells us to stay away and don't do certain things, it's, it's for our protection. It's because God knows us better than us. So he tells us to stay away and don't do certain things to help us because it can give us down a, a, a road and a track that can hurt, hurt ourselves, harm ourselves, and even people that around us and things of that nature, right? So I just want to encourage you guys, you know, or, and really challenge you guys to read your Bible more. Whether you want to have a, a Bible study with some people, get some other people involved that might help you want to read the Bible more, or challenge yourself to read one chapter a day, which is not pretty bad, or, um, or, you know, um, just challenge yourself because I guarantee you, once you make a priority to read the Bible and hear what God's saying to you when you're reading the word and learn more about him and grow deeper in your faith, your relationship with God will be on a way better, deeper level where you will never feel like he is, you know, distant and far away from you. Yes, you're still going to go through stuff. Yes, you're still going to sin. Things are going to happen. I'm not saying that because you read the Bible, life is going to be perfect. But you won't feel distant from God. You will hear, understand what he's saying. You will know how to approach life every day. Remember that to remember the scriptures because that's how we have hope. That's how we have encouragement. That's how we have instruction is his word. And, you know, I just pray that this video will help, um, you know, help you guys have better encouragement to read the word and not think of it as just some old rule book or, or a very hard book to, to read and stuff like that that you know and not to mention it's 2022 guys like there's study bibles that break down everything there's commentaries which are commentaries are people like theologians who actually break down like the the bible like the study notes that's in a bible so if you're reading the chapter if you look at the commentary it what you can actually look at the exact verse and chapter and actually break down and to explain what's going on and what it actually means right like there's so much books and information you could use to help you understand the bible now it's really not even an excuse now like it's just because you're just lazy and don't want to but just make it a priority if you really want to get closer to god and really understand the bible read the bible i'm trying to tell you just do these basic steps and you will 
have a relationship with God that you never experienced before. You will understand and know more than you can experience. And it's something I can't even really describe to you. It's something that you have to read and start doing on your own. I guarantee you, you'll have a relationship with God like you never had before. So that's pretty much all I want to say. So yes, reading the Bible is necessary. Go ahead and do that. But enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe. Be blessed. Peace.